Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand the ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast. Now, today, I am joined by actually a recurring guest, I think possibly his third time on From the Bleachers. We have Dan Campbell, better known as Soupy, from the Philadelphia band, The Wonder Years. Dan, thank you for coming on once again. Thank you for having me. Uh, I got my wisdom teeth out this week, so if I'm mumbling, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I didn't realize till just now. That could make for, if you just did it immediately after, that could have made for a really well you know what i didn't go under for these i got the bottom two out last year um i broke one doing the video shoot for out of my feet and so i had to get it out kind of right away and then uh i waited a a good whole year just because i you know we were having the baby and actually my yeah and well no touring actually (laughs) the no money because no touring (laughs) Um, and my my dentist had a baby and then we had a baby and uh finally got it in so um, but yeah, this one I was awake for, so I, you know, wasn't loopy. I drove myself home, um, got to like hear them pulling the teeth out of my mouth, which is an unpleasant sound, but a, a great experience. So shout out Dr. Nelson. <laughs> is it better or worse than the cliche nails on a chalkboard? Uh, it's, it's not nails on a chalkboard. It's just like you hear like a twisting and the kind of like a pulling sound. Okay. It's not that kind of pitch. I hate that that like that high pitch. It's not yes. that. Not your vocal style. Not my thing. No. <laughs> not my thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think uh, I think I'm doing okay. I think I'm talking through it all right. But if I'm mumbling, you just let me know. You have some other tours coming up though. Fingers crossed for the fall, right? Fall yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's going to work out. Um, Wonder Years are going to do six shows. Um, indoors for the first time since march of 2020 we have a there's still some tickets in providence but it's about to sell out and but there's still tickets in stroudsburg pa um albany and syracuse and then there's an asbury show and a wilmington show those are long sold out and then i also am going to do an asbury park show for my other band aaron west in the roaring 20s on December 27th, and that goes on sale Friday, this Friday, the okay. 5th. So yeah, I don't so know if this... Yeah, you know, so we're recording this for you guys uh, around 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning. So this should be out either late late this afternoon or late tomorrow at the, at the latest. Cool. So we'll definitely be able to get people, get in on those tickets. Are yeah, doing, last doing, time we're doing we did Stone it. <clears throat> no, we're doing uh, House of Independence. And last time we did it, um, I didn't expect to... I don't know. It's, you know, Aaron West is not the Wonder Years, so I never know what to expect. Uh, there's yeah. not as much, like, history. I can't be like, oh, last time we played here. And we announced Asbury, and I thought, like, you know, maybe it'll do okay. Maybe we'll sell, like, a couple hundred tickets. And it sold out in, like, under an hour. Yeah. And we added a second show, and that one sold out, too. And so, um, you know, I would just say, if you're interested in coming to that, I would, I would look into tickets, you know, on Friday, just in case. Definitely. I've seen... You'll have a handful of times, I think. So if you're a fan of the act or or just Dan in general, Aaron West is definitely something to see, especially if you are a Wonder Years fan. You'll definitely get that same type of cathartic enjoyment out of there, I'd say. Yeah, so. and, and we're doing it, um, you know, it's full bands, the full eight-piece band with, um, yeah. you know, the, the horn section and the keys and the banjo and everything. So it'll be cool. 
Lovely. I feel, I feel like that's great for the the bar sound of Asbury Park. It's perfect for Asbury. Yeah, we love doing yes. it there. Okay. We, talking about you said the Wonder Years, Lori. It's not really there for Aaron West, but this past Sunday, Eagles forty-four to six, an iconic score in Eagles lore. You didn't catch the game live. Am I am I correct in saying that? I did catch it. I just caught it with like a toddler running around. Um, and so it's like, you know, it's Halloween, he's getting ready to go trick or treating. He's excited. So I'm watching, I got one eye on him. He was the incredible Hulk. So he kept threatening to Hulk mash, uh, our three week old, um, you know, not, not for real, but I I had to make sure it wasn't for real. So, you know, and so I was, I was really dialed into the game until it kind of got out of hand. And then I was like, all right, well, this is locked up. Let me do the dad thing. So I was watching, um, watching some highlights this morning to make sure I was prepared to talk about it with you. Yeah. I think Josh sweat won as the incredible Hulk on uh, Halloween too. It sure looks like it, or maybe Jordan Howard or also Boston Scott. Maybe that's the yeah. Avengers. Yeah. I think uh, Boston Scott have some uh, rocket raccoon vibes as this little powerful being. Uh, did they make who is Boston Scott t-shirts? No, like, no, I've never seen that before. That well, would just he's it's, such a random guy. Well, just remember the first uh game where he went off. Um might have been two years ago now. And the announcer, the Giants, right? Yeah, and the uh the national announcer screamed like, Who is Boston Scott? <laughs> I was like, that should be a t shirt. Oh, we need to get back on the t shirt game. No, since we've been here, we really does haven't made t shirts. We have I've given out over the last couple of years a bunch of just BGN shirts we have, but we don't have any more. Got Let me be of... in charge of your merch. I love merch. Yeah, you're definitely going to be better at it than I am. So uh, yeah, tell them. Get tell free merch out of it. Tell BLG to hire me. Okay. Yeah, get us th- this ever-growing network of great artists. You have to get in here. So, but yeah, the game was um was a lot of fun, right? It was the game that we were looking for all year, kind of. When I woke up on Sunday, I was like, I can't believe I have to watch them play today. Like, I wish I could just fast forward to four o'clock and then go read or watch TV or something like that. And I ended up having the most fun I've had during an Eagles game, I guess, since week one. Or really, this game was more fun than week one. And really, since, God, that that Wentz playoff run at the end of 2019, that was the most fun I've had an Eagles game in legitimately two years. Yeah, it was. um, And it was all of the things that we had been asking for, right? Like, you and I have been been texting all year and it was like wow wouldn't it be awesome if we rushed more than four you know if we blitzed sometimes wouldn't it be awesome if we you know and everyone in philadelphia was screaming run the ball but i from from the niners game on i had been saying please call up jordan howard please call him up from the practice squad because you have a couple of backs that i don't want to say are redundant right they're all talented in their own ways but a lot of the things they do the skill set is pretty similar but what I really wanted on the team was a LeGarrette Blunt style. If I need one yard, this guy can pretty much guarantee he's going to get me that one yard. I feel like if yeah. he was on the roster for the San Francisco game, that one's a W. Yeah, when they're going, they get uh, the they do the Philly special redux on fourth and goal, and they get st- stood up there. Yeah, like imagine just if you'd had Jordan Howard called up that game and just said, "Okay, uh, guy whose job it is to run people over, go run somebody over." And let's get a touchdown here and let's win this game. Like that's, it was really good to see him up there. And it was really good to see that kind of football being played. We have some breaking news. Uh, Eagles have waived veteran linebacker, Eric Wilson. He was a healthy scratch 
on wow. Sunday against Detroit. Uh, I guess they like TJ Edwards. Sean Bradley has some nice plays. He's a good special teamer. And Alex Singleton, I mean, is, is Alex Singleton. But. It's a, a tackling machine, but, you know, maybe not. Yeah, Alex Singleton might lead the league in guy. tackles probably, but he's getting he's getting the tackle seven yards downfield. I think. Yeah. Uh, Sean Bradley, Temple alum, right? Yes, he is. So from here, trademark. That's yes. great. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not surprised to hear that. Uh, do we, did we have to make space for that new quarterback from Denver? Uh, they cut or waived, I should say, uh, Brett Toth yesterday to make room mm. for Carrie Vince Jr., who I actually wrote about a couple of times in the lead up to the draft. Ellis, he sat out the 2020 season, I believe. Uh, and he comes, I mean, LSU defensive backs have a great pedigree in the NFL. So I think that's a great buy low move. Some people, I saw some people kind of negatively comparing it to the Gennard AV trade from a couple of years prior. But I think it was really solid, especially because they had, uh, I think they had three six-round picks. Yeah, well, well the, I mean, those picks are lottery tickets. If you feel good about one, and yeah, you for know, a lottery ticker in LSU, dude. Yeah, that's not a that's not a bad call to me. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm, I actually was kind of wondering if the birds were going to take a flyer on Jalen Smith now that he's been cut by Green Bay, just see if he's got anything left. I feel like the two cuts is a sign that he has nothing left. Yeah, it probably is, but. You know, you don't feel particularly inspired by our linebacking group. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I guess just in general, though, you like everything you saw Sunday? Sunday was a Boomer Eagles fans scream. They ran the ball with the running backs, I think, like 29 handoffs to uh, Scott and Howard. They blitzed the crap out of the opposing team. It just felt like they did a poll on Twitter for every play. Like, okay, should we blitz on this play? Yes or no? You have five seconds or 30 seconds to respond. And this is our play calls for the entire game. It's, I have been kind of long on the banging the table that I would like to be Baltimore North. That's the style of yes, football that ex- I want to play. That's exactly what they should have done all year is a run heavy scheme and done like, obviously Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson, either as a runner nor a passer, but having no. that type of attack, utilizing multiple running backs, rush heavy, doing that couple stuff and having a, at least theoretically a ferocious defense that's going to blitz the Eagles still do, even without Brandon Graham, some really talented pass rushers up, up front. That's, that's exactly what they should have been doing all season. Yeah. And it's, yeah, maybe it's not Lamar Jackson because no one is Lamar Jackson. But yeah, as far Jim as like NFL quarterbacks, it's the closest corollary that you're going to get, right? And maybe like a Kyler Murray. But Kyler, yeah, Kyler's a better. He's got better. wheels. He's got moves in the open field, and I think that if you were running more designed runs for him, I just I think it's possible to look like Baltimore Light right now, and I think that's fun football. That's what I'd like to be watching. Like I, I think. And it's certainly an organizational edict dating back to the Andy Reid era, and it's something that Jeffrey Lurie is clearly adamant about, that the best way, and I agree, the best way to consistent success yearly in the NFL is to have a great to elite passing game. But for this specific season, to win football games, they're going to need to have this run-heavy scheme because of who their quarterback is, because of who he is and who he isn't, and because of the talent at, at running back right now. And whether that means when Miles Sanders back, they continue this or change it, I don't know. I think it's bizarre that because of when Miles Sanders finally went out that they had this type of attack and they didn't really even use Kenny Gainwell until mop-up duty in the fourth quarter once Minshew was in there. It's strange. It's bizarre. And maybe they're just sort of realizing they're playing to the team's strength. It took all this time to say like, hey, maybe we don't believe Jalen is the guy, neither the coaching staff nor the front office nor the ownership. 
And we're just going to try to win football games this way and see if we could have a fun season, have meaningful football into December. And maybe, hey, the, the conference stinks and they get the seven seed in the NFC. Like, I don't expect it to happen, but it's a way to kind of, you know, have a sustained season that keeps fan interest in there. I also don't think it's impossible. I was looking at the schedule. Yeah. Does 10 They're, and 7 feel totally impossible to you when you're looking at the Giants and Washington two times? You're looking at Denver. You're looking at the Saints with, uh, I don't know, Taysom Hill playing quarterback? Question mark. Yes. Right. It doesn't feel they like traded, they should have traded for Bridgewater. The Saints. Yeah. Or uh, there's a quarterback in Chicago that I think Malcolm knows pretty well. That. Oh my god. I don't he know. Lost, maybe he, the only two playoff games he's lost are to the Saints too. Yeah. That's what makes it so maybe uh, you should have given Nick a call yesterday yeah. if you were in New Orleans, but. Yeah, I don't think that 10 and 7 is like totally. I mean, I'm always overly optimistic, sure. but like it doesn't feel like it's out of the realm of possibility if you just play to your player's strength. But that's my like biggest pet peeve for a coach is when the coach is like, no, the scheme is the most important and these humans must adapt to it. It's like all of these humans come in with these unique and wonderful skill sets that got them to the NFL. And if you just utilize those skill sets, I think you have a better chance of winning than trying to force, you know. Yeah. Uh, square pegs into round holes. And so I think if you run, you know, uh, an option heavy run based offense, I think if you let your pass rushers get after it and you blitz, I think if you trust, I mean, you have Darius Slay and you have Nelson and they're not, maybe they're not elite cornerbacks anymore or ever were in the case of Nelson, but it's an upgrade over what you have had in the past. Trust them a little bit. Right. And, if you get beat for 80 yards in one play, well, at least you got beat quickly instead of getting beat for 80 yards over the course of 10 plays and us having to watch the defense get tired. Yeah, and I've been very critical of Slay in the past, but undoubtedly he's having a better season in 2021 than he had in 2020. And the last couple of games in particular, he's really, really stepped up. And talking about the playoff thing, like, again, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, seven days ago, I was miserable about this team, but just stating the facts – that Carolina is seventh in the NFC playoff race right now. If the season ended after this past week, Carolina would get in as the seventh team. The seventh team, they are four and four. The Eagles are just one game back at three and five, and they do have the tiebreaker over Carolina because of head-to-head matchups like they won uh, back in October. Three and five, and again, like so close to beating nine San Francisco. Maybe, maybe things break right. Nine and eight. Yeah, I. I was listening to uh, I we played Fest this weekend in Florida and Holy, how was um, that? it Sorry. was it was awesome it was really really cool um, but my, with all of the the airline stuff my flight had gotten moved up so I basically was on a flight like seven hours after I was off stage <laughs> so pretty exhausted when I landed in Philly I flipped on the radio um, to hear what people were talking about before the Lions game. And I heard a lot of people that were like, I hope they lose this for the draft picks. And I, I just, I'm not, I'm not that interested. I just don't think that like the difference between, you know, losing this game or, or I guess if we totally tanked the season, maybe it would make a difference, but I just, I feel like there's talent in the first round. There's talent in the top of the second round and we have a lot of picks and I'm not re- willing to lose games yet on purpose to get a better one. I don't like tanking in the NFL. I think it's way different. It's a different animal than the NBA or the NHL. I was fine with the Sixers doing the process. I was a vocal proponent of it 
for years and even the years prior wouldn't do a teardown like that. But in the NFL, there's one game a week. I kind of want that mental release of watching the Eagles every week. I think people should enjoy that. I think an Eagles win in itself is an enjoyable endeavor. And there is something to be said about the younger players on this roster excelling this season and becoming legitimate building blocks for next season. I want to yeah. see some Eagles wins because Devontae Smith plays well, because Jordan Malata plays well, because Lane, Lane – Lane Dickerson's. Landon Dickerson. But also Lane well. Johnson. Welcome and back. And also Lane, Lane Johnson. Welcome back, and, and we're glad you're feeling well. well. And Javon Hargrave continues on this all, all pro pace. And I want to see those guys develop and succeed and become true building blocks. So when next season comes, whether it's Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, or Russell Wilson, or Malik Willis, whoever, they are in a position to make a legitimate playoff run because of the, the work those guys put in this season to be better next season. 100%. Hey, quick aside, uh, shout out to Lane Johnson. As a guy who takes a daily Absolutely. SSRI, uh, I feel you. And uh, and getting onto and getting off of those is uh, is difficult. So glad you're back. Glad you're feeling good. Um, glad you're paving the lane. But not that he's going to listen to this. Team <laughs> but, SSRI. Team SSRI over here. <laughs> um, oh, man. I, I So yeah, I, I agree. I'm not... It's, it's interesting because like, okay, so um basketball you can tank because it's it's a a strong link sport right like it's important that your best player is incredible because like your best player conceivably can get the rebound take the ball up the court and put it in by themselves without having to make a single pass whereas like soccer is like a weak link sport where you need everyone on the team to be pretty good where if you have one really weak link and that person doesn't make that pass, you're not going to score that goal. Football, probably more similar, right? Like you need everyone, but has like the weird caveat of like, if your quarterback isn't good enough, the team can only go so far. So kind of a strange tweener between the two. And that's, but I think that's why you can't tank for draft picks. Um, Unless the quarterback of your dreams is sitting there. And well, I just, just don't think that Trevor they are. Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Locke, Peyton Manning. Right. Those guys are going to be there next And next they're not year. there next year, which is why yeah. I personally, if it were me, I'm rolling with Jalen for another year. I'm kicking the can down the road. I'm going to trade one of those first round picks. Whatever one is sitting in the right position for us, I'm going to trade it for another one in 2022. Right. I'll just, I'll just flip it. <laughs> like I'll take a third this year and a first in 2022 to move off of one of those. And I want to go get blue chip defensive players. I want a shot at yes. Kayvon Thibodeau. I want a shot at Devin Stingley. Those are the kind of players that I'm looking for. I'm not interested in one of these quarterbacks that seems like it's uh, a gamble. I think we've played that game before and I would like to have a sure thing. And if I don't have a sure thing, I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's a leader. I think he's got a will to win. I think he can get better. And if not, he's still electric to watch play and the guys play hard for him. And that's that's good enough for me. I'd rather that than go get a draft pick that I don't I'm not sure is gonna work out. I'd rather have Kayvon Thibodeau and Jalen Hurts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I think one of the worst things a team could do, and I'm not talking about the Eagles specifically, is take a quarterback they're not super sold on because it sets your franchise back four or five years. Absolutely. Bears, Bears Mitchell Trubisky. Taking the wrong guy can set you back if you're not sold on that guy completely. I can't speak to Howie Rosen or the scouts, how they feel about this class, but as a amateur scout and reading people who know are more knowledgeable about the college game than I, it seems like those guys aren't it. It's not a Deshaun Watson coming out. Obviously, I don't want Deshaun Watson from the team now, but no. you're getting what I'm saying as a prospect. And I would put all my chips into Russell Wilson. I know the Eagles have had an obsession with Russell Wilson for nearly a decade now. I He's my favorite player in the league. I'd love for him to be in Philadelphia. I think there's enough. Even if they trade two or four, two first-rounders, I think there's enough of a court here that he could succeed and win a division here next year. But if they can't get Russell Wilson, I'm not sold on any of these guys. I'd rather stack the team around Jalen Hurts come back next season and see what they can do because yeah. I, I, I'd rather just have the one missing piece be a quarterback and always keep that optionality there to steal a Sixers process uh, phrase. Cause you don't know who's going to come available in the 2023 off season. And maybe it's, maybe it's Patrick Mahomes. It's not Patrick Mahomes, but just throwing names out there. Maybe it's Kyler Murray. You never know what's going to happen when someone could be out of, out of the situation. Dak Prescott, who knows? Somebody's unhappy. Yeah, someone's exactly. unhappy. You don't know what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson would be incredible. I also uh, I wrote a really long thing for Spin that they didn't run for some reason. What? It was like uh, they they did it the year before. It was like musicians on their favorite football team. You and weren't in on that? I read that. You weren't in on it, right? Not two years ago. So I wrote one this summer for them. They asked me to, and I, I really put some thought into it, and it didn't run. I was pretty disappointed. I guess they probably didn't get enough people's responses. Um, but it was like, who wins the Super Bowl this year? And I said, the Green Bay Packers uh, beat the Buffalo Bills. And then Aaron Rodgers leaves anyway, getting a trade to Philadelphia. And then Jalen Hurts gets traded to his favorite football team as a kid. I don't know what that is and has a long and happy career. I would still take Aaron Rodgers is what I'm saying. I would. I think oh, I would rather yeah. have Russell Wilson, but I would be very happy to have Aaron Rodgers on the team as well. Yeah, I can't see why he'd want to come here, but I'd give him him like the LeBron tr treatment where if you want to be kind of the GM at the same time, come here and do that, do whatever you want. I think uh, of Hurry, Matt Scottaline, who has been on the podcast previously, was in that article as well, the spin article. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I've read um, Hoppus was in it, but for the Rams, not the Eagles. He's, he's like a double fan. Yeah, he's double agent. I'm not in on it, but obviously I love Mark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also he lives in L.A. I get it. I don't know how he ended up. I should have asked him that last night. I was talking to him. How I don't he understand how he fan. became an Eagles fan. I don't yeah. think anyone really knows what the situation is there. Yeah, but I think they were kind of in lockstep on when we think about building for the future. Is like I, I don't think any of these quarterbacks coming out in the draft are 
worth taking over just letting Jalen have the team and, and continuing to build around him and having that optionality to make a move for a quarterback when you find the right quarterback. I don't want to rush that process and end up setback years. Yes. And because, I want great defensive players. Uh, I yes. think BG is obviously aging. Steven Nelson is a stopgap. You know, Slay, I think, is here another year, right? They, the way they restructured his contract this past offseason to free up some space and move some money around, it's uh, all about a guarantee that he will be here in 2022. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm looking for I'm, I'm looking for linebackers. I'm looking for pass rushers. I'm looking for corners. I'm not really interested in uh, taking a quarterback at the third pick or something to that effect. Would really like Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. That's your, that's your guy. Yes. I mean, the Oregon dude, if he's there, he seems, you know, Chase Young, Miles Garrett prospect. Like, mm-hmm. so if that guy's there, take him. But uh, Stingley, Kyle Hamilton, one of those three guys, uh, I'm doing the deal. I'm, I'm grabbing them and I'm going to quarterback later on, whether it's whether Russell Wilson is coming to Philadelphia later in the summer, Aaron Rodgers, or a guy we're not even talking about, don't even know the following year. I just I keep looking Maybe Bryce Bryce guy in 2023 or whatever. I just, I keep looking at the roster and looking at the record and going like, but, but what's the obvious desperate upgrade need? Like, I, I don't feel like the, the offensive line is bad. I like the running back group. I could use a veteran wide receiver. I could use like a Jarvis Landry on this team. Yes. Um, just someone who's been around and can kind of help bring the younger guys along. That's really reliable. But I like Goddard. I, you know, we obviously love a lot of the defensive line. I feel like a lot of the resources have to go on the defensive side of the ball. I agree. I think some of their positional value needs to change. I did a podcast last week. I did two last week, but one I, that came out, I think, either last Thursday or last Friday was the Eagles have been a progressive organization in terms of forward thinking with a passing game and valuing certain positions. But it's kind of like the horseshoe theory in politics where they've gone so far in one direction that their sense of positioning has worked. One of those was running back, and they have been trying to get better at that. But linebacker specifically has been neglected this entire century. I'm someone who doesn't want to – they don't need to take a linebacker in the first round every two years or something like that. But at a certain point when you're looking at teams like Tampa Bay and teams that are having a lot of success defensively in the NFL, you do have to have talented players. They're different between – putting in, giving guys huge, huge contracts, a linebacker, and then just having guys who aren't NFL caliber starters out there. And that's a situation the Eagles have been faced with for the last couple of seasons. And look at that Dallas game on Monday Night Football where they got trashed. It felt like they were picking – Dallas is picking up seven yards of carry, just absolutely murdering them on the ground. We're talking about Eric Wilson was there, you know, between him and Anthony Harris, their big free agent signing. He was a healthy scratch on Sunday and just got waived. They need legitimate – you need – like you're talking about the – I like that uh, comparison, the, the weak, a weak link, a weak link team or weak link sport compared to a strong link sport. The NFL certainly is one of those because if you have talented pass rusher, if you have some maybe okay guys at safety and cornerback, having non-NFL players at linebacker dooms that team. Yeah, you can't. It's really difficult to have a spot on the defense that is because they're just going to get picked on. You see it every every single game. Somebody goes out and you're going to shove your rookie corner out there. And what happens? The quarterback locks in on that corner and picks on him the whole rest of the game. You really can't have truly, truly, tremendously weak links. And you're right. We've neglected that position for a long time. But we are going into next year with a lot of draft capital. 
and actually a really good amount of cap space once that Carson contract comes off. So yep. then I'm wondering, do you trust the Sirianni regime to be the people that coach that? You know, we could. I don't know if I do. Uh, I really like, feel like a million dollar question, right? I really feel like from a talent perspective, you could build a contender next year, right? Like, I don't think that you're going to be a Super Bowl team next year, but I think that you can spend some money in free agency, get some veteran wide receivers, get a good linebacker, take some blue chip defensive players at the top of the draft. And you can look at that roster and say, this is a, an NFL roster. This is a, a fringe playoff roster. But do I feel that way about the coaching staff? And after seven, eight games, no, right? I don't, yeah. I don't feel yeah. that way. Are you going to put all your chips into the Nick Sirianni bag? Cause it's a situation I've talked about in the past. The situation I see, I don't think it's impossible that Sirianni could be done after this year. And that is not like a total reflection on him, but the situation where they clearly see that Jalen hurts, isn't the guy. Do they, do they trust Sirianni to be the QB whisperer for a guy they take in the top three, top five, top 10 of the draft or if they make a huge move for a veteran quarterback, whether it's a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, whatever, do they want him to be the veteran offensive creative mind to go along with that all-pro Hall of Fame talent quarterback? I'm not so sure that's the case. Again, that isn't a total indictment of Sirianni as a person. As a coach, is the reality of the situation. The Eagles may need to reevaluate things depending on who their quarterback is in 2022. No, I think I would like Nick Sirianni if we hung out, right? Seems like a good guy. I don't want his yeah. life to be bad. No. Uh, I'd like him to succeed. But when you look at him, do you think one of the 32 best football minds in the world? And I don't, that doesn't, I'm not struck by that. Yes. So that's, um, I don't know. That's just kind of the, that's the bigger question mark for me. I think focusing on quarterback is I, I again, I like Jalen. I would ride with Jalen next year and let him keep trying to develop and make sure that I still have some draft capital available, kick that can down the road a little bit, trade for 2022 picks, build up around him. But I probably, I don't like, I don't like asking for anyone to be fired. It makes me feel bad. Sure. Right? That's their livelihood. I would probably move on from the Sirianni experiment. This is a dream scenario for me. And we could talk more about the Eagle season. I don't want to get too into fairy tales and dreams when there's still football to be played. And I don't want to necessarily just completely crap on Sirianni. But a dream scenario for me would be they sign Chris Godwin in free agency. They make a Russell Wilson trade. And Byron Leftwich is the new coach. That's so funny. Byron Leftwich is the person I've been thinking about this whole time. But I didn't want to, like, put somebody's name there. No, like, I think he – It's. It, I, I was kind of surprised his name wasn't in the hiring cycle this previous year. Not just for the Eagles, but for the league at large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if maybe he had made it clear. I'm gonna I'm gonna run it back. We're gonna go win another Super Bowl, and that's that's what I'm Perhaps. doing. So that's, but yeah, I mean, it's maybe he right. thinks he's the heir apparent the way McDaniel's and Belichick kind of were. Like Arians is like, I'm probably just gonna hang here as long as Brady does, and then it's your gig. That could be a reality of the situation. So. Yeah, yeah. There's things that we don't know, but sure. that would be a great coach for this team. I would be really excited for that. Yeah, but you're right. It's it's that's a fairy tale right now, and what we have right now. Uh, again, what we have right now is a team that I think could compete. I think that if you just use the talent that you have in the way that they are talented, it could be a competitive football team. And I've said this to you before. I know it's not a popular opinion. It's a very Ted Lasso-ian opinion. I don't sure. necessarily care that much about winning. I just want it to be fun to watch. And I aside from aside from the Dallas game and the Las Vegas game, I've had fun watching all these games, even when they lose. 
because I see them fighting all the way to the end. You were in it against Kansas City. You were in it against Tampa Bay. Those were the Super Bowl teams last year. You were in those games. You know, you came back to beat Carolina. San Francisco was a winnable game. I have been kind of having fun. And I think that's a lot in part due to Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen as a person, but I've been disappointed what I've seen him from as a quarterback this year. But I still think that Sunday actually might be a winnable game. They're coming back home. Chargers have dropped back-to-back games. I think Justin Herbert is incredible elite quarterback talent. But I'm looking at some numbers, and I think that if they use the same plan of attack offensively that they used against Detroit, I think it's a very winnable game against the Chargers. I looked it up. Los Angeles, they are 32nd in rushing yards surrendered overall, 32nd in yards per attempt surrendered, and 32nd in run defense DVOA. Whether it's traditional or advanced metrics, they are the worst run defense in the NFL, worse than Detroit was. If there's a situation out there where they can just pound the rock with Howard, Scott, Kenny Hertz, Gainwell, and, and, some design, and some design runs and read options for Hertz, who was still the leading rusher last week with 71 rushing yards. I think being able to do that, control the clock, keep Justin Herbert off the field, I think there's a way, and maybe it's not the most sustainable way to play football for the next two, three years and be a consistent contender, but for one game on Sunday, I think there is a formula there for the Eagles to potentially win the game and upset a very talented club. I think you throw the ball 17 times and just run it down their throats. I also think, though, uh, 32nd in all of those metrics, but the Chargers are number one in uh, alternate jersey power rankings metrics because oh that dark God. blue. Not, not just alternate, maybe just jerseys Just overall. in general. but the Not the even in NFL, blue. maybe in all of North American sports. It's really, really a strong jersey. I mean, maybe not as good as the new Sixers Spectrum jersey, but well, a really, a really, really strong jersey. The There's a podcast I listened to that did like a – if you had to like, let's say your NFL team just disappeared off the face of the earth and you had to pick a new team. And I was really tempted to pick the chargers just because it's like, man, Jersey is real cool. This would be cool. I Players come and go, but the Jersey's going to stay. The Eagles do the blackout on Sunday. And maybe by the time this is out, they announced they have, or they're wearing green uniforms or whatever. The Eagles do all black and like a pseudo color rust. The chargers do all gold. Gorgeous day. That'd be a beautiful day. A four o'clock game, first four o'clock home game of the season. It'll be really cold. Not really, really cold, but as the game progresses, it'll get colder and colder. It'll feel like true football weather. And to see the aesthetics of that game with a packed crowd, ideally, because it's a later game, people have time to get down there, get a little uh, lubricated and get going. I think that can be a tremendous atmosphere on Sunday and help propel this team because I haven't seen a great home, uh, home fan performance this season uh they got literally taking over in week two uh against the 49ers was an embarrassment good amount of chiefs fans there and that was week four uh tampa bay obviously you're playing a consistent super bowl team it's a it's a weeknight game it's a little bit harder to have that type of crowd i think uh but sunday should be the best crowd of the year too and riding that momentum of that juggernaut dominating win on sunday maybe the fans can actually be a pivotal factor once again Let's do it. Let's grind Los Angeles to dust with the run game, with the blitz, with the fan base. What happened the last time you played the Chargers in 2017? As Merrill Reese would say, run away train about LeGarrette Blunt. They ran all over them. Wendell Smallwood, Sproles was still playing. What's LeGarrette Blunt doing right now? Does he want to come back and play? (laughs) He is, uh, I think he hosts tailgates with Chris Long. 
That's one of my favorite, like really short-lived Eagles of all time. I think I, I loved LeGarrette Blount on this team. Legend. He was incredible that season and in the postseason. put Andrew Sandeo into the turf or not the turf, just into the ground, into the hollow earth against the Vikings NFC championship game. Scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, had I think like 70, 80, maybe even 90 yards rushing in that game, and was just tremendous all season. An unbelievable Philadelphia sports personality. Bring guys like him, Torrey Smith, and Chris Longin, having Chris and uh, LeGarrette win back to back Super Bowls here, specifically against their former teams in 2017 against the Patriots, was just a tremendous story. And I look now, Chris Long's Twitter picture is him and LeGarrette hugging in the locker room following that Super Bowl win. Uh, in Minneapolis on February 4th, 2018. And those two guys, obviously Nick Foles is the savior, the divine figure in Philadelphia, but I think those two guys summed up the atmosphere and the vibe of that 2017 so immensely. Yeah, absolutely. And then also, obviously, always Malcolm. Also, like, Corey Grant, yes. a big I mean, part of that. But it really just – but that was the thing. It was it was a whole team, and and it's that's, like, a little bit of a vibe I'm catching sometimes this year, though, is I just feel like – I just feel like they're kind of galvanized. They have know, good I, people on the team. They that's have the thing, the, players. They have players that you're okay rooting for. It doesn't feel like you absolutely effing hate the team like you did last year. Yeah, there was a lot. And it didn't feel like the team liked each other that much last year. No, no. And I just, I do feel like this year that the team likes themselves, that they like one another. And, and it's that's, important. It's important. I, think, I really think it is. And I think you're seeing it with the Sixers right now too. Yes. When, uh, because someone's not playing. Yeah, it just well, it just seems like the the people that are on the court are happy to be on the court together, and that's really cool. Uh, well, I have to hop off in a minute. Um, you mind yeah. if I just real quick say I have a solo record coming out? Yes, run through. I was I was getting ready. I think that was a good way to end talking about you know we're doing all the fantasy talk, uh, not fo- fantasy football, but the stuff for quarterbacks next year. Fantasy so, in my brain. <laughs> yeah. So to close up on some great thoughts about this season's team plug everything you need to. Uh, well, I just, I want to, I mentioned the, the wonder year shows earlier in the Aaron West shows, but I do have a, a solo record coming out um, in a couple of weeks. It's called other people's lives. Uh, it's the vinyl is available at dancampbell.co. So like .com without the M we couldn't get the M the M's really expensive, but uh, <laughs> it was a pricey M, but yeah, it, it's uh, there's like less than a hundred copies of it left. So if that's a thing that you're interested in, I would not wait too long. That's the only thing I'm going to say about it. I don't, I don't like telling people to buy stuff. But if, if you wanted to, that's where you can get it. it in the podcast description. Awesome, thank you very much. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the time to come on and talk about football and uh, just you in general. I appreciate you in general. I appreciate you too, Dan. I think that's a good way to wrap up. Please check out Dan's work. Huge friend of the one years, Aaron West is great. If you're able to catch a show from either of those acts, please do so. And definitely check out Dan's solo work, which is the same caliber as everything you're getting with the one years and Aaron West. Hopefully, we next time we're talking, whether it's this season or next season or the offseason, whatever, hopefully the vibes with this team are even better than they are right now. And while I'm not totally in on this, the Eagles being a, a true great team or even a good team at this point, I do think that Sunday is a winning winnable game. And if they upset the Chargers, I'm going to be really cocky on here next week. So (laughs) with that in mind, thank you for coming on. Please give us a review, rate, subscribe, everything on your podcast platform of choice. Also subscribe to the BGN YouTube channel. We do put these podcasts on YouTube. You can check us out on there. And as always, as always, please keep bleeding green.